Today is Thursday, June 24th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. We got a big one. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 414, featuring host of Locked On Spurs and digital writer for News 4 San Antonio. Jeff Garcia is powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% sign-up bonus. What's up, everybody? Welcome in another new edition of Celtics Beat. And, uh, boy, I feel like I almost need to apologize because a lot has happened in the past week since we recorded a show. It began with Brad Stevens making the first trade of his time as president of basketball operations. Kemba Walker, sorry, love you, mean it, but gone. Off to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who, of course, probably will flip him somewhere else for more draft picks. Al Horford, back With Boston, and uh, plenty to get to there, obviously. The C's no longer have a first-round pick in this draft. Number 16, gone with Walker, a trade of second-round picks. And with Horford, Moses Brown coming on in as well, hoping to part some defenders and uh, continue to pile up games like he did against the C's when he went for 2020 earlier this season. With Evan Valenti, I'm Adam Kaufman. The big news, though, Ev, that we will begin with, and then we can circle back to Walker and Horford, and that swap. New head coach. It's all done. It's not been officially announced as we sit here right now, but it is all done. We know it's going to happen. The 18th head coach in Boston Celtics history and the man who is chasing Banner 18, someone that you were very, very highly on all over social media and in shows past. Ime Udoka comes in after nine years as an assistant in the NBA, seven learning under future Hall of Famer Greg Popovich. And of course, after that, one year with the Sixers, most recently one year with the Nets and that super team that I uh, so passionately rooted against throughout this playoff run. They are all done as we go to the East and West finals now at this stage of uh, June, almost July. But the new head coach, there are a lot of things to like here. I'll let you start. What stands out? Uh, well, Boston's probably going to get back to their defensive chops. Uh, as that was one of the bi- my biggest one of the biggest gripes in the Celtics here was how bad they were defensively. It just was a complete opposite of what they've been in the entire you know tenure of Brad Stevens. Uh, a notoriously good defensive team, regardless of whoever was trotted out there. Uh, they were an overachieving bunch defensively a lot of the time, um, with smaller point guards all over the place. Be it, whether it be Kemba, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving, they've always been able to manage defensively. And this year was a bad one defensively. So they are, are going to get back to the defensive roots. It doesn't shock me that Brad was looking for that kind of guy. Uh, so at, at that particular point, I, I'm, I'm just thrilled about a defensive coach that can come in and maybe and tweak this team a little bit. Now we will see if the tweaks work. You know, you looked at a couple of things, um, you know, on the internet, you know, things written about him. You know, a couple of defensive tweaks that he made, you know, to, to Philadelphia resulted in more turnovers, but it didn't really result in better defensive numbers, so to speak. So we'll see if the personnel in Boston is a little bit better, a little bit different than what they had in Philadelphia. I like that just to start. I like the fact that he's a Greg Popovich clone or not clone, but he was, you know, disciple worked in that mm-hmm. tree. We'll see if, you know, and look, you, you make the, the NFL comparison, like the Belichick coaching tree, or the Andy Reid coaching tree, or the Bill Parcells coaching tree. You know, Popovich's coaching tree has had some success, had some not success. Depends on, you know, where you're at. You know, Brett Brown being some sort of maddening in between, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll see if Emay holds up on that end. And I like the fact this guy has worked with a lot of different players over the years and is a foreign player himself. So you look at all the things that Boston was looking for, including, and I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush here, a, a black head coach. 
Is mm-hmm. I, I think that's what they wanted. I think it's not something that they they shied away from. I mean, you have Jalen Brown tweeting that you know it wasn't a mistake that three of the four coaches remaining in the NBA playoffs are black, and then I think at one point you know seven of the eight um, remaining were black. I think they that they wanted someone that could really you know connect with their players in a, a little bit different manner. And Ime checks all these boxes, and so. You, know, you look at the, the guys that they've brought in or, or girls they've brought in, women they've brought in uh, for, uh, you know, for for candidates to the interview. Ime, I think, might check the most boxes of anyone that they interviewed. Well, I think one thing that is obviously very important with regard to connecting with the players like you talked about, and this has been well reported, is the fact that Ime Odoka comes in having reportedly gotten the seal of approval and not just the seal of approval, but you know a very high recommendation from Celtics players, stars, budding superstars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, plus Marcus Smart and even Kemba Walker before, uh, you know, them as well, because all of those guys were with Odoka at, uh, you know, Team USA in the FIBA World Championship Tournament a couple of summers ago. And, you know, Brad Stevens in talking about the, uh, he didn't talk about this yet as we sit here now, but in talking about the Kemba Walker-Al Horford trade, said that he has, throughout this offseason, not different than being a head coach, but, I think different than than being a head coach. He has been in regular touch with uh, you know with his core players uh, about the future of this organization. I'm sure they were consulted to some degree about the Horford Walker swap, and obviously, definitely consulted with regard to who's the next head coach of this team going to be. I mean, did it need to get their approval in today's NBA? I, I think it did. Quite frankly, now should they have had the final say? No, that's obviously different. You want to go with someone that you are most comfortable with as an organization. Obviously, as you said, Udoka checks a a slew of boxes as to why he's a great candidate. And there's whether he was your top choice, whether that was Chauncey Billups, whether it was Carol Lawson or Becky Hammond or or Darvin Hammer, you know, you name it. No question, Ime Udoka comes in very, very qualified for this job. And I think, I really do think, at least on paper, he's going to do a great job. Reputationally, seems like he's going to do a great job but you know a lot of people uh felt at, at the time of his hire it was oh my god what took so long like this you know he's he's interviewed for head coaching jobs in the past as i said has been an assistant the last nine years we're going to learn a lot more about him later on in this show with jeff garcia who has covered the spurs the last two two and a half decades at this point for the locked on spurs and 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 other outlets uh you know in addition to that podcast but it does seem like i mean this is a real you know players guy but also you know, there's, there can be a negative connotation to that being a player's guy is like, Oh, so does he go easy? No, a player's guy in that he can be friendly with you, but he can also be a disciplinarian. You know, Rudy Gay uh, talking to our pal, Jeff Goodman said that, that, you know, he's, he's not a guy to who shies away from shooting you straight. You know, he, he can be your friend. He can joke around, he can be loose, but he'll come at you if he needs to as well. And I think that's a, you know, it's certainly a great trait of, of an assistant coach, but it's absolutely a, an even better trait as a head coach. And so he's going to come in clearly with, with the built in already respect of a lot of the guys that are on this team that are on this roster that are around this league. And I think that's, you know, that, that absolutely is a difference maker because taking nothing away from what, you know, who Brad Stevens was, what he achieved, what he was at Butler, all of that, he was an unknown commodity coming to the NBA. You know, you knew what he was in the college game. You knew, you know, his teams overachieved and they overachieved a lot in Boston, you know, until these last couple of years as well. But I think for younger players who, quite frankly, were too young to give a damn what, you know, the Brad Stevens Butler teams were doing way back when, you know, like Jason Tatum wasn't actively watching those games or, or, or Jalen Brown and guys like that for 
this individual and Ime Odoka to come in with the reputation that he has and having already worked with him on the world stage, I think that makes a big difference. I, I agree with that. I agree with a lot of that. Um, I think Boston has, you know, been able to sift through the, the things that they're looking for. Again, a guy that's a great communicator is going to be one of those things. And Brad, I think is a pretty effective communicator for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, a guy that needs to be able to make adjustments. Um, you're seeing what, what adjustments can do for a team like the LA Clippers who are without their best player in Kawhi Leonard and them trying to figure out what kind of lineup combination works. And I know they lost game two against Phoenix, but almost pulled that one out. They pulled out the series against the Utah Jazz. A guy that can make adjustments is a big thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for the fact that Ime has gone through all these, you know, different ranks and done all these things and worked his way up. Um, is finally getting a shot here. This is, this is all good stuff. I'm really, I'm really pumped about it. And the fact that he's going to be reconnected with, and you're just to tie this in, because this is what we do. Ty, he's already worked with Al Horford, who's the newly minted, you know, center, not centerpiece, but a newly minted Celtic who's already been a Celtic sort of, kind of, you know, uh, I think it's a good thing as well to have already a rapport with Al Horford. Again, having rapport with guys. And that was a big thing about, you know, Kemba Walker. You know, he's he that offseason he was working with Jason Tatum, I think, during a Jordan brand photo shoot. So mm-hmm. you know, having connections with players already in the team that have been here is a big thing. Then Al coming in, you know, I know he spoke earlier today about it and how he's, you know, excited to, to get back to work with him. And this is great. Again, all these things are really good. It, it, yes, is he unproven? Absolutely. But, you know, so is Brad. So. Yeah, it, it'll be uh, it, it'll be fun, I think, and and we'll reserve some of our conversation about Ime because again, Jeff Garcia is going to join us later in the show, and and that'll be all about Ime and his background and time in the NBA as a player, as an assistant, what he brings to this team, his character, some good stories, his uh, you know, obviously it's it's been written about his ability as a recruiter with Lamarcus Aldridge, and uh, and just how well he he vibes and and meshes meshes with. Uh, a lot of the players in today's game, world stage or otherwise, and of course, learning under Greg Popovich and, and bouncing around working with superstars. I think it's all incredibly notable. Some of the key words that uh, that you hear, that you read with regard to Ime, though, and, and we've hit on a lot of it, like you said, defensive minded. I think that's very important. You know, a, a, a grinder, great work ethic, experienced, you know, someone obviously that's that's been around like we talked about and, and bounced around as well. I mean, in, in some ways, a, a journeyman coach, much as, as he was a, a journeyman player, but learning obviously uh, both as a player and as a coach at the feet of Greg Popovich for the bulk of his experience in both those categories, I think is significant. And, and Brad and, and Pop having the relationship that they do, I'm sure there were multiple conversations along the way between them about Ime in addition to just Ime's multiple interviews with the Celtics and Chauncey was a candidate for uh you know multiple interviews as well according to reports Ham as well and uh you know quite frankly we don't know if if uh if if Becky Ham and Carol Lawson uh Jason Kidd, Rick Carlisle, like you name it we don't know if they even really were in consideration or if Boston drilled down to its top three and and went there and uh and made its choice going forward so I'm looking forward to hearing from from Ime and and just you know I I know that in listening to him do interviews in the past Evan he's talked about the ideal identity of of his team and and how important it is to to work hard and to to be versatile and you know a lot of the quite frankly a lot of the things that we've heard from Brad in years past it's it's just now it now becomes a function of as Brad talked about earlier this month when he was talking about the transition going from you know Danny's job to the to or, or his job to now, you know, this new job that was Danny Ainge's job. It's, you know, this, this can be really good for the locker room. You know, he didn't say like, yeah, players tuned me out at the end, 
but he sort of said it in that this can be, you know, revitalizing it could, or whatever the word was that he specifically used. It could be rejuvenated. It could, it, you know, it can be something that's, that's really important for the players as far as just a refresher for all of them to, uh, you know, to, to sink back up to where they need to be. Because unfortunately, like for better or worse, and like Greg Popovich and Eric Spolstra and, and, and guys like that, like they're the anomaly, obviously, you know, a- after a while, your voice does go stale in a locker room in a, in a clubhouse in a, you know, wherever a dressing room, it's like that, that does happen no matter what you think of the coach. And I was still a Brad Stevens guy, no matter what you think of the coach players do eventually just, they, they need a change. They need a change to kind of, you know, wake them back up. And hopefully uh, with, with the way that uh, Ime Odoka has, has command of the room as we hear about, he can be that person. Yeah. And I just, you know, quickly here as we move on, because I know we get to, to Jeff, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about just this Kemba Walker trade, moving him out uh, for, for Al Horford. Again, yep. all these things that have come out afterwards um, in terms of what, what camp feels what, and obviously it feels a little targeted. Uh, you know, Jared Weiss of the athletic, you know, good friend of ours and a good friend mm-hmm. of the program, uh, you know, did some digging on that. Kemba was maybe a little frustrated with Brad, Brad a little frustrated with Kemba. I'm sure both those things are true. Um, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is Boston got out from a contract that's really tough to move. Mm-hmm. For a guy that's going to decrease in, you know, in terms of salary over the next year, a guy that's familiar with their system. Yeah. And, and, and it's is just, you know, it, it's a bummer just because I enjoyed Kemba, the, the healthy part that they had with him. And yeah. I, and I feel cheated a little bit as I felt cheated with the, the Hayward thing and the Kyrie. Th- it's just, yeah, I feel terrible, but you know, they got out of a contract that they need to get out of no question. Yeah. And you bring back an, as, Brad said, you bring back a known commodity. You bring back a guy with, with institutional knowledge, you know, someone that, and the game plan may be different. That's going to be up to Udoka at this point for how he's going to run his team, but he's already familiar with, you know, working with a, a, a good chunk of this roster, having not been gone for too long. And, uh, you know, I, I do think, I, I do believe even at, you know, 35 or whatever he is, there is some good uh, still in Al Horford's game. If you manage him, if you utilize him the right way, and he's certainly fresh, you know, has only played half the year last year, front half before Oklahoma City sat him down and said, you know, we're going to develop the kids. I like Moses Brown, too. But we can save, you know, more of that conversation about, uh, you know, about Al even and how he slides back in about Brown going forward and even about Kemba is obviously he has a new home, at least for now, to adjust to. And maybe he gets flipped again to the Knicks or somewhere else, depending on what, uh, you know, Presty does out there with OKC. But as uh, you alluded to and we've been talking about, it's really – you know, this, this is the Ime Odoka show. And so we're going to get to Jeff Garcia in just a minute. want to tell you, though, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. NBA and NHL playoffs, obviously, in full swing. Down to the final four here at this point. And of course, plenty baseball-wise to wager on uh, remaining in this regular season. Get your futures bets in. NBA title odds. Suns. My favorite, plus 100. I went out, I bought a Valley t-shirt, by the way. Bucks, plus 155. The Hawks, plus 650. I would love, love to see a Phoenix-Atlanta NBA Finals. I don't know if anybody would watch, ratings-wise, but uh, I'd love to see it. And the Clippers, whatever, plus 1,400. Kawhi's not coming back. They're done. Plus, trade odds for players. And uh, while it's not shocking that Philadelphia, you know, has odds for stars who may be traded, this is a little odd. Joel Embiid. His next team, if he is traded, I don't think he's going anywhere, but Portland plus 200, Houston plus 250, Golden State plus 300, and the Lakers at plus 
400. So just something to think about before, you know, Ben Simmons is the one flipped and not Embiid. I don't get that at all. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, odds, best place for you to place your bets. It is free to sign up. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code as CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, the promo code CLNS50. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now that we have Evan's thoughts, my thoughts all behind us. Let's let's get some thoughts, quite frankly, from from somebody who matters more. Someone who has more experience <laughs> with the new Celtics coach and covering him right. on a day-to-day basis. Getting to know the man a little bit. Ibe yes, Udoka, of course, this is Jeff Garcia. He is, well, he's kind of a rival of ours in this podcast network because he is the host of the Locked On Spurs <laughs> podcast. Also, uh, News 4, San Antonio digital writer. Jeff, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. And hey, you know, uh, no, no, no competition here, man. I've, I've always had a healthy respect for your team, the, the Boston Celtics. My dream back in the day was the Spurs big three going up against the Boston big three back in the day. I wanted that to happen so bad. Well, our dream back in the day was Tim Duncan landing in Boston <laughs> and never going to San Antonio. I, I didn't so. want to bring that up. I didn't know if that was a <laughs> sensitive topic for you guys. But yeah, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess at what point in time, Evan, is it is it no longer a sensitive topic? I mean, it's always going to be one Every of the greatest time. what what ifs in Celtics yeah, history, is. no question about that. But I guess you know it was what ninety seven. They've won a championship yeah. since. Obviously, the Spurs had you know their their very Patriot like success even before the Patriots, you know, up up around here. So uh, yeah, we're we're getting over it slowly, <laughs> even yeah. still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got well. Let's put it this way: you guys got a better, uh, well, more future optimism than the Spurs are still in knee-deep in rebuild mode. Yeah, it takes a while to get out of that, but all you need is one lucky roll of the dice or, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, a combination of the lottery balls to totally change the outcome of your franchise. Hopefully for the Detroit Pistons, uh, with Cade Cunningham coming to town, that'll happen for them. Yeah, I mean, look, nobody will ever get over the Tim Duncan thing because they they clearly tanked so hard (laughs) to get Tim Duncan, and it was very clearly worth it. Okay, yes. it was like it wasn't yes. worth it. That was definitely I, a guy you take for. Uh, Good. I, I, I was low key uh, going <coughs> tank this past season with the Spurs, <laughs> so uh, they didn't. They didn't hear that. I should have been a little louder, maybe, and maybe they would have heard my hint. But no, Rose no, no. Too I, good I, to tank, man. You can't be tanking with Demar Derozan. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Well, hopefully, brighter days are ahead for the Spurs. But I know, definitely, you know, there's definitely brighter days ahead for your team. Uh, some some guy that used to wear silver and black and a boat and a tie for the San Antonio join your guy join your team recently. Let's get into that. Let's talk about yeah. Imeo Doka because obviously, like I said, Evan and I have shared our thoughts and, and our thoughts really are rooted in what you hear, what you read. You have the personal experience with Imeo Doka. Yeah. What should we know about this guy? We'll, we'll get, I promise, you know, more uh, more specific sure. with our questions, but general thoughts. I mean, what, what does he bring to the table? What kind of man is he? Well, you know what? He is a go-getter in the full respect of that phrasing because it wasn't for him. LaMarcus Aldridge would not be in San Antonio if forever, you know, amount of years that he was. It was Ime who brought in LMA. It was Ime who went above and beyond to chase LaMarcus Aldridge. Why is that a highlight for Spurs fans or the Spurs fan base? Because never in their history have they ever had a marquee free agent join their team, ever. LMA was the first. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you may point to Popovich and that at that, that, that time, the mystique of the Spurs being championship team, but Ime had a huge hand on that. What does that lead to? Recruiting. He's a, he's a player guy. He's been there, done that with teams. 
did it with Portland, did it with San Antonio. He's worn the uniform, and now he's wearing the coat and jacket uh, and tie there. And so you look at what he brings to your Celtics. He's bringing recruitment aspect, years of experience on the bench with San Antonio and Philly. And I, I know I get there's the, there's the Spurs of mystique. There's the Spurs culture and the learning, the lessons from Popovich. I get all that. But even when he left San Antonio, he still went to – I guess Spurs 2.0 because he went to Philly at that time. It was Brett Brown. Yeah. So Brett Brown carried that over. So he, so he, Brett Brown saw it, an edge for that. So said, Hey, here's a guy who is in that culture that I was in. I'm going to bring him with me. He became the first lead assistant coach. And then, you know, good news. You guys picked him up as a head coach. So all in all, great pickup. Great. I could not picture a better fit for the former Spur. Something that a lot of Celtics fans have really had trouble with over the better part of the last decade when Brad Stevens was the head coach coming out of Butler. And this wasn't, you know, an, an attack on Brad as in mm-hmm. he can't do it. I mean, it became that eventually for a lot of people. But from the outset, it wasn't a he can't do this. It was a how is he going to do this coming out mm-hmm. of college? And that is work with superstars. You know, he, Doc Rivers, obviously. Say what you want about him as a head coach. I happen to think he is is wildly overrated, and that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> and I felt that way when he was in Boston, by the way, yeah. not just since. But obviously, he had the ability to work with star players sure. and, and, you know, a good leader of men and all of that. You know, Brad hasn't had a, a ton of superstars, you know, at, at his disposal in Boston. But obviously, it, you know, it didn't work out with Kyrie Irving. You know, you got a couple of young budding superstars right now and Jason sure. Tatum and Jalen Brown right. classify the likes of Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, you know, however you'd like. But you look at Ime Odoka and obviously whether it was being teammates in the league with guys like Tim Duncan, who's recently a Hall of Famer, you know, playing or, or coaching mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, obviously in his time in San Antonio, the recruitment, as you said, of LaMarcus Aldridge goes to Philadelphia. Joel Embiid is there. Right. Ben Simmons is there again, classify him however you'd like. And then <laughs> most recently with the Nets, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, James right. Harden. Apparently he was, he was pretty tight with James Harden mm-hmm. and getting him to buy in defensively. How big an asset is that in, in, in terms of his ability yeah. to to have superstars respect him just coming in, just walking through the door? What's yep. that going to do for Boston? Absolutely. You know, the head, you know, there's not only it's going to be like if I'm a free agent looking, where am I going to take my talents? And there's Boston on the table. Man, they got Tatum. They got Brown. And they got Ime Udoka. That is huge. And. You, you can't tell me that just because he's retired that LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't have cell phone and he's not going to be calling these free agents and be saying, yeah, no, he may not a, not a bad guy to play for. You know, look what he did for me. Look what he did in San Antonio uh, with the Nets, with Philly. You, you put everything together, Adam, and you got yourself a ready-made coach that has been through the grind, paid his dues, and then some, and now is given an opportunity. And uh, the good news is that the team is – Pretty good. You know, he's going to have a good launching pad for him to start his coaching career on the right foot. If anything, I think your team is going to be energized by this. It's new, new blood in it's It's a guy that we mentioned, you know, played the game and then coached the game and now is going to be a head coach of the game. So you put that all together. I, I, I think right now this team is on the right direction you kind of got rid of the bad vibes with, with Brad there. You know, that, that I think that was a smart decision. Move on. It obviously wasn't working right. It was working good, just working and not enough to push it over. Ime is going to push it over. I promise you, he's going to push over the hump that Boston needs to go be deeper in a longer playoff run. 
And wouldn't be surprised if maybe, you know, it does get revealed that if a big name free agent does land in Boston, that, yeah, he's going to say he may have a lot to do with it. The sentiment from a lot of people around the league at the, you know, from the outset of the report, yeah. and, you know, the Celtics landed Ime Odoka as also, by the way, the first new head coach named. Obviously, we've, you know, had Rick Carlisle go back yeah. to Indiana since, but Ime Odoka was the first. And what was really interesting was most of the reaction around the league, you know, from from uh, peers or coaches sure. or whomever, it wasn't, you know, oh, my God, this is such a great hire. The first thing was, oh, my God, what took so long? Yeah. Did, did it always feel that way in San Antonio when he was a player yeah. and then obviously as an assistant coach for as long as he was? Was it it's just yeah. a matter of time until this guy gets yeah. his opportunity? Yeah, not only was it that, it was more even when he left, the sentiment was good for you, Ime. Because hmm. that's kind of a big thing in San Antonio right now. And it's getting magnified a hundred times this offseason is what is going on with the coaching future. You know, Pop is up there in age. And we've had this time and time, Adam, over and over again, years in past, like, oh, when Pop's going to hang up? Well, you know, that was a different version of Pop. And you had a guy named Kawhi Leonard and some other guy named Tim Duncan and Manu and, you know, LMA. So I, I get why maybe those retirement thoughts were kind of tempered. But this year is being magnified, and I'll circle back to Amy in a bit. Is because of what's going on with him. Like, is you gonna are you gonna retire Pop or not? Because we're seeing it right now with the possibility of Becky leaving. It's mm-hmm. a strong possibility, you know, with Portland knocking on her door. So for Ime, I think him deciding to leave San Antonio was a good move because at that time you just don't know what, what Pop's gonna do. You had guys that possibly could have leapfrogged him. You know, right now, one name aside from Becky is Will Hardy, another hot commodity among the coaching ranks right now. Like, will he land somewhere? So I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. It looks like Pop sometimes is holding up the team, you know, as far as that position. So for Ime to pack his bags and get that, take that opportunity in Philadelphia to join Brett Brown and then go from there to uh, the Nets, which, by the way, still has a, a splash of Spursism in there, Sean Marks. You know, mm-hmm. he's he he uh you know cut his teeth with San Antonio in the GM office there in the front office. So he's coming in with hunger. He's coming in with like I have been ready for this moment and I ain't gonna let it go. And I think that's the type of coach you're gonna have. He's gonna seize the moment, he's gonna put his best foot forward, and it's going to impact positively the roster. Yeah, I think my big question, you know, comes just in terms of what to expect with with Ime. You know, I think Everything you read about him, brilliant defensive mind, a guy that yeah. makes adjustments on the fly, all these things that you'd like to hear. Now, Boston this year, defensively, notoriously a good mm-hmm. defensive team, um, was just, uh, you know, I, I would call it mediocre defensively that the entire year. Although, yeah, they, they were bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, and it's it's one of these things where, like, okay, it'd be nice to, re, you know, to re-energize the team yeah. a little bit, but to get back to those defensive roots. My – and it seems like everywhere he goes, that seems to be one of his big calling cards, that and communication. So my, my big question revolves around offensively, can he bring some of that Spurs style of ball movement with him? Because everybody looked at the Spurs, especially the year they came back and beat Miami after losing in, in yeah. a heartbreaking fashion in seven games to Miami Heat. Uh, you have an offense at that time that looked, you know, world's better than everybody else. I mean, the ball movement was beautiful. I mean, I think mm-hmm. having Boris Dio on that team helps a little bit. Having Tim Duncan on that team mm-hmm. helps a little bit in terms of, you know, getting bigs that can pass and can move. And Ime has talked about that, uh, I think, w- with B-Ball Breakdown and our, our very own favorite coach, Nick, 
talked about how valuable it is to have bigs that can really pass. And Boston has two that can translate with, with Robert Williams and now Al Horford coming back to the fold here. But I, I, I just, this team, one of the biggest criticisms of, of Brad Stevens over the past couple of years has been just the, what happens to their offense a lot late in games and how it looks mm-hmm. like just, it, it stalls out routinely. Um, right. In your opinion, Jeff, what are we looking at from an offensive standpoint with Emay? Because you know he's so known as a defensive guy. Is he is he mm-hmm. kind of might need a coordinator to come in and help him on that end, or does he, does he have more to the offensive side of the game than, than we know right now? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly uh, an area of concern is the offensive end. Look, defensive end, he he did that as a player, he did that as a coach. Great, you got that down, Emay. But what can you do on the offensive end? Good news is is that he just left Brooklyn, so. Mm-hmm. There's a booklet there that he probably will take with him. Look, and the coaches admitted there. Everybody knows everybody's uh, playbook. So you're going to see a little splash of what you saw in Brooklyn, a splash of what you saw in the 2014 beautiful game mode. You mentioned Williams, you know, the bigs in Boston. I think they're going to lend to that. And you also look at what he did in Philadelphia. He was around, you know, you know Ben Simmons getting him some looks. And uh, you know, as long as he doesn't go to the free throw, Ben Simmons is okay. Uh, you know, you look at Joel Embiid. I, I think Adam – I mean, sorry, Evan and Adam, I think you look at this coach right now and you say, you know what, I would not be surprised if he asked for a little help on the offensive end, but I think it'll come along. And I, I think he'll be okay. He'll be, he'll be all right. Now, is he going to have his little – you guys going to have a show about, Amy, what were you thinking with that playmaking calls? Yeah, you're probably going to have it. You're probably going to have those kind of chats on your show. But I think that will get smoothed out as the season moves on. To your point about asking for help, you know, I think back to – I mean, this didn't real well, it happened with Brad Stevens to a degree in that he brought in, I God, Evan, maybe you can remember, but his name is escaping me right now, but a longtime assistant coach uh, who had- You got a Ron Adams? Yeah, Ron Adams. When Brad yeah, came he in, left Ron very Adams quickly, was, though. He didn't yeah, he was, he was only around for a year or so, but but still, at least that, you know, it helped to the transition to the NBA. Yeah. Now, Ime has, has been around, obviously. You know, he was a player for- parts of seven seasons and assistant the last nine he's uh you know he, he knows what to expect he's not new to this level by any stretch but again he's never been a head coach so sort of in the same way that Steve Nash had Mike D'Antoni on his staff last year in mm-hmm. Brooklyn what kinds of guys do you expect he made to surround himself with when it comes to potentially blowing everybody out here and, and you know rebuilding the bench you know to to his yeah. liking with regard to assistance. Like, is, is he going to potentially look for a, a, a previous head coach to come in? Who's maybe offensive minded, like you said, and, you know, be yeah. on that bench with him, offer him support. Yeah. Yeah. He'll probably look at Brooklyn, see if any of the guys want to uh, pack up with him. I can see the Jerry Maguire seat right now. Who's coming with me. Yeah. Who's coming with me. <laughs> I can definitely see that happening around with him. Even looking at Philly's way and then looking at San Antonio's way, who's coming with me. Uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely right. I think he'll look now. And as far as names are concerned, I don't have a name off the top of my head, you know, who will join him. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a Kenny Atkinson were to go with him. Uh, I could see that, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, um, they, you know, they teamed up in Brooklyn, you know, that'd be a nice pairing for you guys out in Boston. If yeah, you know, Kenny wants great. to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to definitely pull a page out of what you just mentioned right now with Steve Nash looking at Mike D'Antoni. I could definitely see email looking at coach X, you know, for the offensive help, but all in all, you know, Spurs fans, you know, their, their sentiment has always been like, you know what? They look back and like, you know what? Email may have been a coach that got away. You know, I think that's kind of like the sentiment, like the overlook, 
coach on that band, Texas Pop. I mean, like, what about that guy? You know, it, it was always Becky, 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 rightfully so. She's she earned her job, she earned her, uh, her stripes too. And then there was other guys like Tori Messina, um, Budenhoser, mm-hmm. uh, James Borrego. You know, you had those kind of names ahead of Ime. So I can see why he left. You know, like he's not going to get a shot at that first assistant seat at that moment in time. So he took off to go with the first assistant with Brett Brown. It's just logical. I mean, if, I, if I'm looking for a promotion in my job, you know, and I see an opportunity at company AB, I'm going to take it, you know, where it gets me a level up and more pay. Yeah, sure. It's same thing happened here. But now as Spurs fans are seeing the transition that is going to happen sooner or later with Popovich, they're now looking at email saying, maybe they should have kept him around. We've been saying for a while, you know, going back to midseason, if not earlier, certainly yeah. not when we had any clue that, that this is where we were going to be, that Brad Stevens was going to be elevated, Danny Ainge was going to retire, yeah. and all of a sudden there'd be a new head coach. You know, we've been saying that it would be beneficial for Brad to surround himself with the types of people that you're talking about, or just sure. in general, you know, would it be helpful? And this is why, you know, Evan, and, and we talked about it earlier, Evan's been on the, the Ime Odoka train for a while. I was really more on the Chauncey Billups train from the perspective of, you know, not unlike Udoka, former player in the league, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, different obviously than than Brad in that respect, but also someone who's experienced really a bit of everything. You know, Billups went from being a, you know, a, a, a very high draft pick to kind of a, a journeyman, bounced around quite a bit before yeah. he found his footing, to an all-star, an all-NBA guy, a champion, best player on a championship team, all of that stuff, finals MVP, maybe even eventually, and I think so, a Hall of Famer. Udoka it's a different path, you know, had to climb his way from at that point, the D league, the development league mm-hmm. to, you know, someone that also bounced around, spent most of his time there. In right. San Antonio parlayed that obviously into a job on the bench, being an assistant coach, but went from someone who was, you know, couldn't buy in an oppor- opportunity, Jeff, to someone that, you know, eventually started every game for the Blazers, his hometown. Yeah. team. Once. So what is his experience as a player? provide not only him as he looks to become a head coach and is a head coach but you know players within that locker room who you know for so long have been looking toward like where you know where's where's the guy that I can talk to who's been through this <laughs> yeah well now they have that guy yeah yeah he's definitely a player's coach he definitely is you can see it you know what he did in San Antonio was interesting you would always see him talk to the guys off to the side you know all constantly he was very communicating um his thoughts his directions with with uh, the players when he was in san antonio you know directions you know at that time you could really start seeing the trans well it was supposed to be the big three era timmy to Kawhi. so you, he was really talking with Kawhi a lot i remember that just chatting with him as best he could trust me i remember those Kawhi chats they were they were interesting, but nevertheless, you look at uh, Ime, and I think he is going to be exactly that type of players coach that this young Boston Celtics team needs. Uh, look, nothing to take away with Chauncey. You know, he's a, he'll he'll get a shot, but it's here's a player that has gone through the coaching ranks, gone through the coaching experience, mm-hmm. versus maybe somebody who really hasn't. Yeah, I mean, he just. And and I think if you're Boston, you weigh the two. Like Chauncey's a great candidate as of Ime. But if you want a head coach, which one put their time in in that department? Mm-hmm. That was Ime. So you want to give it an Ime, and I think that was a smart decision. Uh, look, 
Maybe, maybe he might tell Chauncey, join me in my assistant coach rank. I mean, who knows? That that could happen. That could play out too. We don't know yet. But I think at the end of the day, you're looking at a player's coach that is just simply going to just use what he went through, his grind as a player and a coach, and positively infect the locker room with that. Like, hey, guys, I know what you did. I know I've been here before. I get it. Follow me. I know what I'm doing. I think that's gonna that that's gonna go well because a, I mean, he just throw out his resume. Wanted I've been taught under Popovich. I've been taught under you know, you know the Philadelphia system with their uh, their their Embiid and the process, all this stuff. I get what y'all are going to go through, and I'm going to bring that here. I have the defensive chops as a player and a coach. I'm, I'm probably I'm gonna get better at offense, you know. And I got this guy who's gonna help me. All in all, I think he's just very honest. And he's going to be very straightforward with these guys. Look, if he learned anything in his time in San Antonio, it just shoots straight with these players. Pop will shoot straight with the players and no, no, not hold back. I hope he's going to bring that to Boston. Because I think sometimes that's what these young players need in the league, just a straight shooter. Evan, I really do like, too, the fact that, and I don't remember, it might have been our pal Keith Smith that tweeted this out, but somebody wrote it, the, that the Celtics were first. Like, they got the guy that they wanted in that, you know, had let's say – Billups had landed in Portland, you know, the day before that the news broke from Woj about the Celtics going with Udoka. A lot of people would have said, well, you know, Celtics got their second choice. You know, Billups was the guy. They interviewed him multiple times. He left. He went somewhere else. Udoka was the second guy. By hiring Udoka first, obviously, that shows it, it proves, you know, right or wrong, we'll find out over time, but it proves they got their top candidate. And that, that <laughs> part I do like. Yeah, I yeah. do. I, I think I think there's there's a lot of positives to go with here, and the, the biggest one is just the fact that he's had the ear of so many great players for the past decade. And I mean, you got three of them in Brooklyn right now. And I, I, mm-hmm. I once it became clear that Udoka was a a serious candidate, you know, I started paying a little more attention to his demeanor on the sidelines in Brooklyn. Again, he's constantly in the year of Kevin Durant. There's been mm-hmm. you know, the, the quotes now that he was in the years of James Harden throughout the entire season. You know, I, I'm sure at some point he had a conversation or two with Kyrie as best you could. Um, hmm. You know, talking <laughs> with Ben Simmons, helping Ben with certain things during, uh, yeah. you know, like it, uh, off to the side while someone else is shooting free throws. You know, there's, uh, you know, he may talking with Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or, you know, Tobias Harris or, you know, name player X on Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, all, all the great players he's dealt with in San Antonio. And what's what's important to me is the, the type of player he's dealt with in San Antonio, right? You're talking about a team that's, like, lauded for the development of, of role guys right. over the years. I mean, it is about Manu and Tony and, and Timmy and Kawhi, uh, no question. But it just say, seemed like at the height of the powers of the San Antonio Spurs, it didn't matter, like, what what role guy it was, whether it was Bonner or mm-hmm. Pat Mills or uh, or uh, uh, give me uh, a second here. Uh, Danny Green. Danny Green has been a, a, yeah. Yeah, Green's a really good one. I don't know why I didn't think about that. But they've had so many role guys over the years that they've identified as fits to their system. And that's the thing right now that bothered me the most about this past season with the Boston Celtics is you had a, a team that had at the end of their bench a bunch of guys that weren't capable of a whole lot. Sure. And if they can find a way to, to strike a balance between him and Brad and identifying talent and, and, and developing that talent to be, you know, the, the role guys they really need to enhance Jason and Jalen, um, this is going to be a, a huge home run. So, like, I, I, again, the Chauncey Billups things I, I, I get. Um, he's the exact type of former player you're looking for. You know, there is a little uh, 
there, there's some checkered history with Chauncey Billups and I think needs to be brought up at some point when he's finally introduced as a head coach somewhere. Cause he, that's going to happen. He's, you know, he's got right. years of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he may has a lot of similar credentials, but just has more of that coaching aspect that mm-hmm. I think they, they truly, it's someone that's been through some stuff. And then you get the team USA stuff where he's worked with how many guys at team USA. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. to me, it felt like, once they settled on the, like their top three guys of Darvin Ham, Chauncey Billups, and, and Ime, it felt more like to me as, as a guy that can go out and start to really dig deeper that Ime was the, yeah. was the best choice all along, in my opinion. Yeah, Evan, uh, I, I, when I look at Ime, as far as whether it had been Boston or anywhere else, my first thought also was plug and play. That's what I felt. like. He's just a plug-in coach, and he's going to get these guys playing. And it's, it's interesting, though, when you look back at his history in San Antonio – I don't know, just do a generic Getty image search. And you'll see him when, as a coach, as a player, really always next to Pop. Uh, there's photos of Pop and him, you know, ear to ear, talking with each other. There's, there's photos of him in the huddle right next to Pop on the bench. He's leaning over other coaches ahead of him with a clipboard like, hey, look, reaching out to Pop. So you can tell that he's been eager for this. He's been wanting this for quite some time. And I, I, I just don't see him – you know, just fumbling the ball at the uh, one yard line. I think he's really going to do go in there and make do a bang up job for you guys, Evan. Something interesting that you know, in in relation to what Evan brought up, that I really hadn't thought about. Something that obviously the Spurs have been renowned for during the Greg Popovich, R.C. Buford era, and obviously Ime was there for a lot of that. Is this is just a team that drafts really well? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it is absolutely a team that drafts well, and quite frankly, and and look, he's. He's, he's gotten his criticisms, but I think generally speaking, Danny Ainge has drafted better than he is not. You know, he's mm. been an above average drafter during the time that he was obviously running that front office. We don't know what kind of drafter Brad Stevens is going to be when that time comes around. He doesn't have the first rounder now this year after that, you know, trade involving Walker and Horford. Right. And, you know, to to filter it down, a head coach only has so much say in that process as opposed to the the GM, the president of basketball ops. And certainly in San Antonio, an assistant coach has almost seemingly no voice in that process. That being said, you're around, you observe things, you hear things. How much of that success, that draft success, mm-hmm. that may was around for and, and maybe mm-hmm. conceivably to some degree a part of, can he also bring to Boston for that end, you know, for, for right. the, the role players, yeah. the draft and development, all of it, and helping Brad out. Yeah, that, that's a great point because, you know, during his time, see, he's with the Spurs as an assistant coach. I got it here from 12 to 19. Okay. So look what happened in the 12 to 19. Obviously, they won a title. So he has championship pedigree already right there. So boom, check, big check. You know, what does it take to get out of a series and move on? Check. Uh that team was, that first team was already young and in transition. Now, I'll start go back to the draft thing. So you had a guy named DeJounte Murray who was already starting, you know, who maybe was buried on the bench at that time, but, you know, he was witnessing and watching. You saw Ime and Murray really communicating uh, quite, some, uh, quite a bit during uh, their, their time together in San Antonio. So then you start seeing what happened with um, Tony Parker. You know, you, you, that moment he blew out his knee or his leg, mm-hmm. so a big leg injury in Houston. Okay, so here goes Murray. He's inserted immediately into that thing. So, and then he's seen Pop like, hey, you know, I got to rely on this role. At that time, a role player, a young kid, go in there and he got the best out of him. He, he you know, he saw what that 
with that high, at least for the Spurs at that time, that high draft pick uh, DeJounte Murray turned into. And I think you're going to see that. And I think when he sees what they did with guys like Murray sticking them in Austin for the G League, when he saw that they drafted some kid by the name of, oh, I don't know, I think, oof, who was there around that time? Uh, 2019. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Keldon Johnson, maybe, or uh, Lucas Sondage, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah I think the maybe at the, at, at the, all, at the, for everything pre pandemic's a fog, man. <laughs> you know, for a while though, during the pandemic, I could be saying like this off this summer, and it was going to be winter. I was like, right. because you just, your mind gets trained into that. But I, I just think that he saw the Spurs process. He went through two processes the Spurs process and the Philly process. Mm-hmm. The Spurs process was draft, develop, send them to Austin, let them get their chops, get recalled every once in a while, get some X minutes, and then go back. You know, Pop is notorious for that. There was a moment, Adam, which baffled me a few seasons ago. Lonnie Walker gets recalled from the Austin Spurs GB team. Has an amazing few games for, yeah, at the time for his standards. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. A few games later, Pop is asked about Lonnie. Hey, uh, your thoughts on the young kid? Oh, you know, in a nutshell, I'm saying this, you know, I don't see any competitive fire out of him. Sorry. And everyone was just like, what are you talking about? You know, the kid just lit up the night, you know? Um, they sent him to Austin. And I, you get the mind trick that my pop's doing. He's trying to get the best out of this kid. You know, like, that's not good enough. I got to up my game more, pop. Hmm. I think Ime sees those type of uh, player, coach, that those kind of interactions that pop did with his young guys and what it'll help for development-wise for them. You know, maybe, maybe hopefully meme is not as rough but on these kids, but sometimes a little tough love goes a long way. And, and I think you, you couple that with the Spurs being able to have a proven track record to get the best out of players that have just filled the role, and he got a good chunk of it for seven years in San Antonio. Wouldn't be surprised if you're going to start seeing, what was it, the Red Claws? Uh, get used uh, a little bit more often next season. Last one before we let you go here. Yes, sir. Uh, are are we going to see Nia Long around the garden? You know what? I never saw her in San Antonio. This is this is going to be heartbreaking for Celtics fans. We yeah. got our we got our trending on Twitter yesterday. I say we like I was part of this. I was not. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you tweeted yeah. about her, so you're part of it. Nia, Nia yeah. Long being courtside at any point is going to set Boston on uh, ablaze. A basically, it's gonna it's gonna be amazing. Um, I I never saw her in San Antonio. Yeah, but she was uh, the assistant coach's wife then, right? Or right. Or, or fiance, you know, whatever. Their yeah, they're, they're, partnership they're, classification. Yeah. yeah. But now, it, it, now it, she's it, like it, the first, she's going to be the yeah. first lady of Celtics Village here. Yeah. 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 You know, if she was in the AT&T Center, either they just kept it very, very low key uh, because not many movie stars go to San Antonio to check games. You have your usual sp- suspects. You have your Tommy Lee Jones that shows up uh, like a lot. <laughs> your Eva Longoria. Your, yeah. um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, Ricardo Chavia. Uh, he does, um, uh, he was a desperate housewife. He was actually even Ligoria's TV husband. Oh, okay, um, yeah, I remember yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. He he shows up a lot. Uh, but if Nia Long was there, they sure didn't announce it. They didn't make it known. But no, I'm. I'm but you're right. Yeah, I, she'll probably be in one of the booths, you know, cheering on her husband and the team, and uh, shouting out you guys on your podcast. So hopefully Obviously, she does all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna do that. Yeah, only a matter of time. But no, no, before no. She comes on the pod, no doubt. 
yeah, well, yeah. One day, Eva Longoria will shout out Locked On Spurs, but I, I don't see that happening. So, <laughs> well, Jeff but Garcia no, does yeah. a great job covering the Spurs Locked On Spurs podcast. Uh, again, the uh, digital writer for News Four San Antonio, and uh, thanks so much for coming on and and uh, yes, know, giving us a, a lot of background because, but you know, we yeah. haven't heard from the guy yet. We're getting to know him a little bit yeah. through people like you, so we appreciate it. Anytime, gentlemen, you got my number. All right. Well, I suspect by the time we do our next show, we will have heard from Ime Udoka for the first time, just waiting as we record right now for the official announcement from the Celtics and uh, probably right around the corner. Matter of fact, you know, it'll probably come out somewhere between finishing the show and, and the show being, you know, published for consumption because that's the kind of luck that we have. But it'll be great. It's uh, all but official. Ime Udoka, the next uh, coach of the Boston Celtics. Number 18, chasing Banner 18. Jeff Garcia, Evan Valenti, I'm Adam Kaufman. We'll talk to you again next week.